1: What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and today is the special episode that we have. We were going live, and we recorded everything in the Spotify live. And with that being said, we have the recording for you here, so if you missed it, you missed out. We were able to give a lot of the fans a chance to ask questions about players that they liked, maybe some trades or stuff that they were looking at, but mainly we tried to keep it all about the draft, but as you're going to hear, it got off the rails quick. We got into Dylan Brooks, we got into the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies Twitter beef. There's so much more than just the draft that we were able to actually get a chance to talk about, but as you know, Greg Carter, they are the absolute best. They had me laughing Almost crying half of the time. I was having technical difficulties throughout this entire thing. Uh, maybe that's because I am on the road uh, at family here down in Texas. Uh, but it was so funny that I just pretty much just ripped up all my notes and just threw them out because there was no way that we were going to get through all the stuff I wanted to talk about. And that's what made it so much fun. That's what makes honestly these two dudes some of the best in the business. They're with the Sleepers Media. You can follow them on Twitter, at Sleepers Media. Uh, also, they're part of Multiplicity Media Group. So make sure you go check them out, Multiplicity Media Group. You can follow them at MultiplicityMG. So, all right, let's go ahead and hop into the show now. Enjoy. All right, what up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to another episode of Grizz901. I am with the Sleepers Media in a special edition, a special draft edition of the Grizz 901 show. We have Greg and Carter of Sleepers Media with us. We're gonna be breaking down a lot of what the Grizzlies are doing, what we're looking for, and just kind of getting a outside perspective of exactly what this draft is all about. Like there's so many rumors uh, that is happening, Uh, but I wanna go ahead and uh, go ahead and bring in Greg now. Greg, I know that y'all don't know tons about the Memphis Grizzlies, but from the outside looking in, what do they need uh, to kind of better off themselves to be a better team? Because there's so many rumors going around. Should they jump up to the four, to the teens, stay where they are at 22 and 29? So tell us what you're thinking uh, tonight.
2: Yeah, first of all, thank you for having us. I, uh, Daniel, we've done this a couple of times now. Last year was one of my favorite appearances that Carter and I did collectively together uh so shout out Grizz Nation shout out Daniel Greer shout out everything you guys do it's a pleasure to be talking NBA draft with you and uh as people that cover Michigan State for the field of 68 and we try to do a good job with the unscripted podcast it seems like a lot of Michigan State players have found a home in Memphis uh so it's a good fit here for us to be talking about the draft but I'll uh, I'm not gonna sugarcoat things I hope that's okay with you uh I, I think the Grizz have a great young core. I'm very jealous as a Pistons fan of the John Morant, Jaron Jackson foundation. The moment they drafted Jaron Jackson, I was adamant he was the best big in that draft class that included DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley. I think I still stand by that. It's an awesome core. But while I love that core, I'm not going to lie, there's there's some front-runner uh, sort of some attitude stuff with John Morant being so active on social media and uh, just the, the overall ethos of the Memphis Grizzlies right now. I think, personally, Memphis could really use an emotional stabilizer, somebody that maybe could potentially play the Dylan Brooks role on the wing without thinking he's a top 20 player in the NBA while actually being a top 150 player in the NBA. I don't know that there are a lot of guys like that in this draft. I think there are a few. And there are a few that I hope uh, will fall to Memphis that you could scoop up that would be really nice complimentary pieces. So excited to talk about that with you and uh, thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, we love uh, Sleepers Media. We love uh, Greg and Carter. Uh, Some of my two favorite people to talk with. Um, I think it was our Christmas time episode, and I want to say it was Greg uh, that kind of went off. I was supposed to go back to Carter. And actually allow him to give uh whatever he was supposed to give at that time, and I just ended it. I was like, we have to end it on whatever it was. Do you Greg, do you remember the special episode we did during the Christmas time? It was it about wrapping paper? It was something just off the wall. Greg Greg hates elves, isn't it? Elves. I, yeah, I don't yeah.
2: I don't like <laughs> elves. I think I, I think elves. elves are really overrated. No, I I just think they're a bit overrated with all due respect to elves. Like they, they get a lot of shine. When in reality, I think there's some role players and like, you know, respect to role players, but you're not winning a championship with just elves. You're not doing the job without Santa. You're not doing the job without Rudolph. Can we put some shine on the reindeer themselves instead of the tiny little men making the toys behind the scenes? I don't get it.
0: I'm kind of on the same kind of wavelength as UG. I don't know if it's necessarily something that the obviously the Grizzlies need to add some talent. I mean, obviously adding talent to a basketball team is never going to be a bad thing. Right. Um, But for me, the main thing is, I think that Grizzly players need to take a step, whether it be mentally or actually advancing their game. Uh, I think that Jaron Jackson is such a special talent, but I still don't think he's yet to turn the page on the level he can reach, which is one, a good thing, because there is room for him to take that next step. But two, you don't want to be caught in a situation where we're having this same discussion next off season and we're still like oh maybe Jaron will take that step i think that ja can take some steps in his game as well both on the court and off the court um as far as how he carries himself i think i agree with your point about them kind of getting a guy to emotionally stabilize this team but for me the first step for the grizzlies is to just just do away with dylan brooks any way you can like it's it's time it's time for both parties to move on He thinks he's the best player on the team. I'm sick of watching Dylan Brooks as a person who's not a fan of the Grizzlies. I don't know how Grizzly fans feel about him necessarily. I feel like it's sometimes, you know, we love to have him. And sometimes, God, we just absolutely hate to have him. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I definitely think there's some talent and some stabilizing type guys that the Grizzlies could add to their team. But I think it's more so guys taking steps in their own personal game that they have now.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, Carter. I, I don't think that you would find many people on the Brooks Island uh, these days. I, I think the island is completely on fire. Uh, there may be some rafts outside of the island, but there's not many left um, except for a few. Uh, and that's just because they planned a lot better than others. So the Brooks Island is on fire. And I would I would expect them to be traded, honestly, because being on a um, on an expiring deal. That's a guy that who thinks he's LeBron on the team. He needs to be kind of gone to make room for others to kind of uh, spread their wings, such as they just did with Jonas Valanciunas. I, I think that they were actually able to get rid of Jonas because he was an, an offensive focal point to allow others to kind of combat and kind of move up in their offensive growth.
2: Can I say so, something quick about Dylan? I, I know we don't want to make this the Dylan Brooks hour, I but like, I, I think lost in all of this, I actually really like Dylan Brooks' game. I just don't think his personality paired with John Morant, who's an actual superstar, with his personality right now is a good fit. Like, if Ja was a more quiet dude who wasn't trying to pick a fight with every superstar in the league, I don't think Dylan Brooks is a problem. If he wants to be the third option instigator dude, I think his game backs it up, and I think he works. But right now, we have John Morant actively trying to fight the defending champs. And, like, with all due respect to John Morant, y'all got bounced in six games, and I know he was hurt, but, like, like what are we doing? Like, there are levels to this crap. They've won four championships, and my man it really wants Twitter beef with Draymond Green while Draymond's dancing with a ring on his finger right now. It's not the time or the place to pick a fight. And if that's really who Ja wants to be and he's sticking true to, like, this is who I am, it's who I've always been, it's never going to change – Then in light of that, Dylan Brooks makes no sense. But like, if Ja was a little more reserved and Dylan Brooks was the instigator, I love it. It just doesn't work when your star player also wants to be the dude to shake things up emotionally. You need stable guys. You need calmer downers. And that's not Dylan Brooks. And that's not Jaron Jackson, quite frankly. So we uh, we need some calm dudes who want to hit a library. And that's what I'm excited to talk about tonight.
1: Yeah. So I don't understand all the Twitter beef. Um, and so I understand what you're meaning uh, completely on that. But I also uh, look at it as maybe, maybe the Warriors, maybe, maybe they are a little petty, which I like being petty. I'm okay with that. Uh, but the thing I don't understand is why are they so worried about the Grizzlies? Like, why are they singing whoop that trick in the club? Like, are we just living rent free? Are the Grizzlies living rent free, and the Warriors, even though they just won a championship, like why are we on their minds?
0: Well, 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 this is this is this is the thing for me. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm like at an impasse because I am all for guys keeping that same energy, right? Like, I want guys to talk their shit at all times, whether you're down or whether you're up. But for me, it's getting to a point where you're talking shit to the four-time champs, basically. And it's becoming more so about you just talking to the Grizzlies. Like, I'm sorry, you talking to the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the that's the focal point of what's going on right now. Instead of being like, you know, like a little bit of chatter on tour. Like, if Ja was like, you know, I'm going to remember that. We're going to see him again and just leave it at that you know, I would let it rock out. But I feel like it's just going on too long right now. And, of course, the Grizzlies are – I mean, of course, the Warriors are being petty because, I mean, Draymond Green might be the most petty player in all the NBA. And Klay Thompson's probably True. up there himself. And because they were antagonized by the Grizzlies to start. Because when the Grizzlies were having their regular season run and they were talking their shit, rightfully so, because of how well they are playing – that it came back to bite them, obviously. Like, and that's sometimes the way the cookie crumbles. But you know what I'm saying? I feel like the Warriors at that time took it on the chin and said, "All right, yeah, we hear you. Yes, say what you want. We'll see you in the playoffs." And they did, and they came out on top, and they won it all on top of that. So I, I don't know. Like, I kind of side with the Warriors in this situation.
2: Yeah, the the thing here too, Card, is you're talking to King Petty. That would be me. Carter knows this. Like I, I thrive off the petty gene. It's what I'm fueled by. Like we literally made sleepers look good and started doing consistent episodes because we were slighted by a certain person who may have founded a little app that we may be talking on right now. Like it's, it's a very real thing. Uh, I, it's always better to be the last person who talks. Okay. It's, perfectly acceptable to be the person who's being overly petty for no reason and should probably let it go when you just won a championship. What's not okay is being the person who's talking to talk, to talk, to talk, to talk, and gets bounced in the second round. And that's where Memphis finds themselves right now. And they might not find themselves there forever because they have one of the most talented young cores in the entire league. And that's that's awesome. That's what we're here to talk about. But they got a star who wants to get in the mud who, quite frankly, hasn't done the shit yet. And I'm not saying shut up and dribble. I love Ja for what he is. I am saying he's picking a lot of fights right now that he's not winning, and that's a weird look.
1: Well, I I love the fights, and so I'm going to hope they keep going. Uh, But we want to end that tonight, right now. Uh, I want to get into some draft talk because I had you all on here to uh, get into that. So I could talk on that probably for hours, and we would go round and round, and uh, eventually I would probably lose. But I want to ask the question, and there's just a few questions I have about the players. Uh, because y'all know a lot of uh, just, just all-around good college basketball players. So, um, so Carter, let's start with you first. Is there a guy that you see as the perfect fit? I don't care where they are because, obviously, there's been talks of the Grizzlies moving up all the way to four, which I think is a complete smokescreen, in my opinion. I think they want to fall back into the teens, which is um, eight to 14 uh, is the uh, ideal spot for them. Uh, but is there anybody you see as the perfect fit for them if they were to able figure, to figure out how to get them this is their best option?
0: Yeah um, I was kind of so I was I was on two things here my mindset just to walk you through it real quick. I I mainly my first person I thought about is I love Jaden Hardy for the um, for the Grizzlies. I think that one, he has a rapport with John Morant off the court, which I think works extremely well. I think he can provide a scoring punch at the two guard, which I think you have a great player in Desmond Bain right now, but I think that you could use some more scoring punch from that position just so you're not all in on basically Ja, Jaron, and Desmond going off. Because in the playoffs, though Jaron did have some good games, he was in foul trouble, and then you found yourself with just ja, basically Ja – Spain and pray to god maybe dylan brooks goes off and hits a shot i mean dylan brooks is going to get enough attempts but i think jaden hardy would be extremely uh, good for the grizzlies i also like a guy who's been rising up draft boards lately kind of a uh, i hate to say this it's a dylan brooks imagine like a dylan brooks s type player like a do-it-all kind of guy who doesn't think that he's a superstar and that's daylon terry from Arizona. I think that he could be a guy that you could plug in right now. He does a little bit of everything. He's a great energy guy. He's fun. He's, I mean, they don't call him show. His nickname is Showtime, And that's for a reason. He likes playing fun, fast, good basketball. I think that fits in with what the Grizzlies are doing right now. Um, and I, I just think it would fit extremely well with their team. I don't think you're going to draft a guy who's going to be able to be a stabilizer. For this team, um, I don't see a guy like that. Maybe Greg knows a guy like that, but you're not necessarily drafting a 19 or 20 year old and expect them to come in and stabilize the team. That's something you gotta maybe find through the draft. I am mean, sorry, not through the draft, through free agency. But Jaden Hardy and Daylon Terry are two guys that I really like for the Grizzlies.
1: Yeah, I really like Daylon Terry. I think uh, him being a six seven guy who can handle the ball, uh, the Grizzlies are obviously going to be uh, potentially without Tyus Jones. Um, And honestly, for the long term, they're going to be without Tyus Jones. Everybody wants to sign him, and that's great. I think the most he signs for is a one plus one. So maybe he signs for a year and then has the player option uh, to give him a year. That way it covers him, allows him to come back, you know, stress-free in case he does have uh, some kind of an injury before he could actually get his big payday uh, when some teams like, let's say, the Minnesota Timberwolves would actually have a spot for a point guard where they could pay. Uh, so I think that's potentially what happens there. Um, but I don't know about Hardy. I, I, him being 6'3", 6'4", he's not big. I, I think he's a guy that can come off and give you the scoring punch, but I don't know if he's the guy that you can count on. I think he's a good bench guy, but I don't think you move up to getting. What do you say, Greg? Daniel,
2: Dan, Daniel, call it what it is. That was a horrible suggestion by Carter Elliott. And I, I <laughs> Thanks, love Carter Greg. Elliott to death. I would, I would take a bullet for that man. But for him to come in and say Jaden Hardy is the best prospect, the best fit for the Memphis Grizzlies at six foot four is absolutely insane. Uh, I mean, and, uh, I mean I am in the Greg, 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 too. Greg, hold so, on, hold on.
0: First of all, go ahead. where go are they picking?
2: 22nd 20, 20 overall. 22nd overall. Oh, I, I did my research, 22nd Exactly, so,
0: yeah, so that's, those are the guys that are going to be available at those Incorrect,
2: picks. incorrect. Let me I have four for the record. That's how prepared I am for this moment. But I'm at the Jimmy Johns drive-thru and I'm about twenty-five seconds away from grabbing my bag, so I'm gonna need you guys to carry this for about thirty more seconds, and then I'm gonna rock.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yes, I, I hate Jaden Hardy. Not hate, hate sister. <laughs> no, say, like say it you
2: Daniel. You'll tell him you hate it. <laughs> tell Carter Elliott you hate it to his face.
1: I don't I, I just Ooh. I just don't like him because he's too small. He he is He's very much the guy who could be a good bench guy that you can get. If he's at 29 and he's there, then maybe you take the chance on him, but at 22nd, no. But even if they're able to move up, I would never in my life move up for Jaden Hardy ever. Never ever would I ever move up for that. I would move up for Dalen Terry. Hey, I,
0: I uh, I'm a I don't know. I do have a little bit of Michigan bias with Jaden Hardy as well because he is from this area, but I don't know. He was a guy who was looked at as a top ten guy before he went to the G League at night, uh, and he had a tough stretch. But that man is a walking bucket, and I still think I still think that's true, and I still carry that. I don't I don't really care I, about size or anything like that. That man's a bucket.
2: I do want to say I like the upside of Jaden Hardy. I just don't see the fit with Memphis. Like that that's my problem here. It's not with Jaden Hardy the prospect. It's with the fact that Memphis already has two guys that are under six five that I consider staples to what they want to build. I don't know how Hardy fits in with Desmond Bain and with John Morant.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I think you have to build around Jaw because he's going to be there at minimum the next six years, right? Once he gets his uh, his max deal, he's going to be there. You have to build around Jaw. I think Bain, obviously, as well. Um, and because of that, I think you have to go six, seven, or more because you have to somehow figure out how to cover up uh, for for the lack of defense. And the worst player on the court has to be Ja defensively. you cannot have a player that's worse than him defensively. I don't care if he can just absolutely be a bucket because, as you've seen in Portland, you can't play those two small guards together and just eventually win a championship. They've shown the the pedigree, but but Greg. Well, who do you see is there a perfect fit for you for you that the grizzlies should need
2: yeah I so I have four that I hope you'll allow me to sort of rattle through here and you can criticize slash praise me as we go uh, but the, these are four guys I think I, I would bet one to two of these guys are gone by the time you get to twenty two I don't know how realistic it is that you you guys will trade up but there's a chance all of these guys fall and are available at 22 and, or I think a few of these guys are projected later. Uh, I'll go kind of stack rank through what I would want as a Memphis fan here. Uh, Number one is Tari Eason. And I saw Rob already mentioned him in the chat to me. Tari Eason's a guy that I, I genuinely think should get more buzz as a lock lottery pick. I'm not quite sure why he hasn't yet. I think if he had never played, Or or never had like a year at Cincinnati before transferring to LSU, and he was just a one and done at LSU. He might get the buzz as a lottery pick that he's not getting. I think he's a two way monster. He was LSU's best player every time. Quite frankly, that LSU team should have been a mess like every Will Wade team has been at LSU or had been at LSU before he left the program. Uh, Tari Eason kept them in it with the best of the best in all of college basketball last year. He's a great defender. He's a guy who has a lot to unlock offensively that I don't think we saw at the college level. I think he could be a three level scorer. Like I- I'm not afraid of him shooting threes. Stop. I think stop. Could... Stop. You don't think so, Carrie? You don't no.
0: think he could? Tar is not going to be a three what?
2: What no. what level is he not scoring at? I the agree. three?
0: Uh mid range and damn near at the rim.
2: Tar Eason can't score at the rim?
0: First of all, Tari Eason should not be picked before EJ Liddell, if we're really going to talk about that.
2: EJ Liddell's also on my list. Let me get to the stack rank, my friend. Sorry, Gregory. You upset me. I, I don't know why we're shitting on Tari Eason other than we're we're getting revenge for shitting on Jaden yeah, Hardy. He's he's really good, right? If he's there at 22, I think that's an instant scoop up, and he's a really good two-way player that doesn't demand the ball but can do things with the ball. Uh, That's number one. Number two for me, which I might get some shit on here from Cart, is Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, I'm I'm not super high on Baldwin the prospect. He's a guy that everyone expected to be consensus lottery out of high school. He chose to go play for his dad at Milwaukee. It was disastrous, as is any McDonald's All-American who decides to go play at a mid-major level. Cart has a personal friend who knows all about that. It hurts you, okay? It hurts you compared to what you can do. Uh, he was hurt. He played through injury. It didn't work great. He's still six foot 10 with a seven foot wingspan and projects to be a 40% shooter. He's a pretty quiet kid. I think you could throw him next to Jaron Jackson in the front court. And you've got five guys on the floor who can shoot at the same time. He's a guy who's not going to demand the ball, but is a pretty good off ball guy. And I think he's the emotional stabilizer that we talked about Memphis potentially needing uh, I would, I, I, I think he'll be there, quite frankly, at 22. I don't think a team's gonna come scoop him up in the lottery. I don't think a team's gonna come scoop him up pre 20s. So if he's there at 22, I really like that fit. And then I'll fly through these last two. I mentioned one. Um, these are both Ohio State guys, but the first is EJ Liddell. He was the leading scorer. Cart knows I've sort of crapped on EJ Liddell as a prospect the last few years. I didn't love him as a college player, mostly because he got the shine that he was as good as the other monsters in the Big Ten, like Jay Nivey and Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis. He was not as good as those guys. He he was a clear drop below those guys in college. But as a three slash four in the NBA, if he's a role guy, if he's your third, fourth option offensively on the floor, I really like him. I think he again, he's a mild mannered kid pretty stable pretty quiet emotionally who can make shots who can defend multiple positions he was a really good block guy played the five a little bit for Ohio State last year when they went small ball Uh, a guy I think would fit really nice next to Jaron Jackson and playing off of John Morant and then last but not least Ohio State Malachi Branham Malachi Branham is maybe my favorite prospect that's not a lock to go lottery in this draft this kid was a true freshman last year for Ohio State For the first month of the season, he averaged seven points a game. For the second month of the season, he averaged 14 points a game. For the third and fourth months of the season combined, he averaged 21 points a game on a team with EJ Liddell. If that kid went back to college, which was widely expected, he is exactly how we now view Johnny Davis and Jaden Ivey. He's a lock lottery pick. And he might go lottery this year, just off upside alone. But I think there's a chance Memphis could either move up to get him and or if he falls to 22, you scoop him up without question. He can play the two next to Ja. He could play the three next to John Bain. They're interchangeable at the 2-3. think he projects as a good defender. Off-ball guy who has some secondary creator stuff. And, again, a guy who knows he's not going to be the number one option on a team, but I think down the road could be a number two option on a really, really good playoff team.
1: All right, Greg. I, I like the – but I have one simple question. Would you move up to get any of those players?
2: Branham is the no. only one I would move up for. And if I, I think if you get to like 16, 17, and Branham's there, and Memphis could move up, I would do it.
0: Okay, actually, I'm sorry, Greg. I do agree with you. on am moving up for Branham. But I just want to say, just because we're talking about each other's picks, that I think Baldwin is a terrible fit for the Grizzlies. Tell me why. I think, he's, I think because he can't do – anything else but shoot literally i i think his testing numbers were some of the worst in draft history i'm pretty sure he could not jump over a phone book no bullshit and you know the the shooting did not i mean we saw a lot of things in the under 19 of course but that shit didn't really translate with milwaukee this year and he is an he's not a bad athlete he's an awful athlete who can't do anything else but shoot literally that's the only thing he can do And i don't know i just feel like the Grizzlies want guys that are both tall. I mean, Baldwin is tall, but can do a little bit of everything. And he can only shoot. And I'm still not convinced that he'll be able to be just an
1: absolute sniper. All right. So real quick on that, I, I actually like Patrick Baldwin Jr. at 29 only. Like I would not draft him any higher than that. Uh, if they're there, if you don't have to go in for more, if you know trades, know nothing to move up. I'm okay with him as long as you're able to get somebody else early in the draft. Uh, that's a better fit, whether it's an actual trade or whether it's a, a better draft pick. I'm okay. And the simple reason is if you look at these players, John Morant athlete, uh, if you look at uh, De'Anthony Melton athlete, if you look at Jaron Jackson, Jr. Athlete, if you look at uh, Brandon Clark athlete, I think they have the athletes on the Grizzlies. I think they need people that are good at their roles. And so if you want to be six, with a large wingspan, able to play good defensively at times, and you can spread the court for Ja, I'm okay with that. That's the only reason. But your other players, Tari Eason, EJ Liddell, and Malachi Branham, I like Malachi Branham. I think he's a, he would be a good fit. But Tari Eason, EJ Liddell, I just think they're okay guys. I think that, that that's the safe pick. And if you want to be safe, that's fine. But I don't really love those guys. I don't think they are the best fit for the Grizzlies. I think that you would be just set playing it safe and say, "Hey, we want to be okay." But that's somebody you can get as a free agent, in my opinion. So that's that's kind of my only hesitation with your picks.
2: I'm a little surprised by the hesitation from both you guys to Tari Eason. Can you talk me through what the negatives are with that kid?
1: He was an
0: LSU player. <laughs>
2: Has he not popped off the screen compared to basically any LSU player in the last seven years, though?
0: Mm, Didn't Ben Simmons play for LSU?
2: Again, yeah, but Ben Simmons is going one overall. Like, Tara Eason (laughs) is clearly the second best guy they've had to Ben. He's not bad. I, I don't hate him. I know he's he's just safe.
1: I, I think he's okay. I think he is what he is. I, I don't know if you're well, getting more than what's that. What's wrong
2: with safe? Like I, I, to me, I see like there's a well, floor there, but there's clear athletic upside too. Like, is it well here, here Here's here's
0: here's here's the issue. Here's the issue for me, G. I think that because. LSU was surprisingly, for some odd reason, a really, really good defensive team. Because and a lot of, of that had Easton. to do with Tar Easton. That's why. I never, okay,
2: let me, let, let me finish, Greg. I'm just saying, like, a Will Wade team looked good defensively because of one guy.
0: Oh, it wasn't because of one guy. They had some other good defenders on Who? that team. Eric name, Gaines name is a really one. good defender. Who? Eric Gaines. Eric, I just oh, did. Oh, Eric Gaines. Oh, Eric
2: Gaines. Note, noted lockdown defender. Eric Gaines really made them go.
0: I'm just
2: saying he is a good defender
0: They had other good defenders on that team Darius Days was a good defender Efton Reed could defend the rim, good defender They had things next to him I'm not sold on Tari Eason just being a lockdown defensive player Which is how everybody sees him I don't see him as that guy
2: Car, you know what two of those guys have in common? The two first ones you named They were on the LSU team before Tari Eason was on the team That was horrible defensively
0: Yeah, and also Tari Eason was playing in Cincinnati stinking it up
2: Just like that. Those guys were not known as good defenders until Tari Eason got there. Those guys are also going to play for the Shanghai Sharks next year. And Efton Reed's going to go back up to Timmy in Spokane and Tari Eason's going to be a fringe lottery pick. I I can't believe you guys view Tari Eason. I, I guess I see him as a safe pick. Sure. But there's very clearly upside there that I don't feel like you guys are seeing.
0: Well, Sean Paul loves Tari Eason. And for that reason, I'm out.
2: Fuck, that's bad. I'm out, too.
0: Can I throw one more guy out there? I I know you're going to hate it, Greg. If it's but, Christian but Brown, they, no. No, no. I'd rather not have T-Rex arms, Christian Brown. Give me Jake LaRavia Ooh.
1: from Wake Forest. All right. All right. So, yes, I do like that. Is he athletic? Because what I've seen is it might be sneaky athleticism well, well, or is well, it, well, it just well, like, white? So he's sneaky, quick,
0: sneaky athletic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All, yes. all the sneaky terms. So
1: he's just white. Yeah. He's just a more athletic
0: white guy. Yes. Yes. He's yes. sneaky okay. Athletic, makes sneaky quick, can catch you off guard, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> I
1: love it. Um, all right. So I have a question about some players. Uh, one, uh, the, the, the new rumor on the street, um, about potentially having where, um, Uh, I guess it's Sacramento Kings coming off of their four pick, whatever. I don't think this is in any way possible to happen because what the Grizzlies would have to give up uh, would be crazy. But some people are saying and saying that potentially you would have Jaden Ivey getting Jaden Ivey at the four. How I just want to you just explain to me why that is crazy nutso and why that does not work. Anybody?
0: Well, for me, it just doesn't make sense because. You're getting two of the same player, I guess. necessarily. like the Aaron Fox and Jay Nivey, are. That that doesn't work together. I feel like because I feel right, like they're right. the exact same player. If anything, um, you know, to to me, where the way I look at it is, wouldn't you want a guy like Halliburton if you drafted him with a guy like Fox? I th- I thought that right. that was kind of a good little combo they had there. Uh, I like the Davion Mitchell. I like Davion Mitchell as a player. Didn't necessarily know how it would fit with that team. Thought they could make kind of the three small guard thing work, a la what was at Baylor. But I don't know. Like, Jaden Ivey and De'Aaron Fox just seems extremely redundant to me as a player. Um, that's the only reason. I just don't really see why the Grizzlies would want Jaden Ivey.
1: Right. Yeah, and I know Neil Ivey was a uh, assistant coach in Memphis uh, before she took over at Notre Dame. So I get that there is some – uh, I guess some ties there that maybe they would go after their, you know, I guess the kid. Um, I just think it is too much of the same person. And so I don't know why in the world they would even, you know, entertain that idea. Because what you would have to give up, you'd have to give up Mel- Melton, Brooks, which they're both on, you know, decent deals. Obviously, Brooks is expiring, but I don't see there's a reason for it. Um, and Greg, if you don't have anything else, I'm going to go ahead and move on to one guy I love. Uh, can, I, do you have anything- can
2: I shit on Tate and Ivy real quick?
1: Yeah, go ahead. I love it.
2: <laughs> I I despise Jay Nivy the prospect. Uh, I've I've sort of gone out of my shoes to express my negativity you, towards You him. literally
0: only- told me not less than twenty-four hours ago that you convinced yourself, Greg, that Cade and Jay Nivey might be fun.
2: I have done that. I'll get to that as well uh so wow no here's here's my my true like if i'm putting my scout hat on and i'm looking at tape and i'm just like expressing if i'm an nba g gm what would i do here's my take on jay 90 i think it's ludicrous anybody's considering that he should actually crack the top three in this draft unlike most people i think Paolo jabari and chet are all potential franchise number one options on good teams love this draft at the top i really do Jaden Ivey does not belong anywhere near that sentence. Jaden Ivey never scared me ever. And I am a man who lives, breathes, and eats Big Ten basketball. I don't necessarily think Matt Painter, who's one of the best X's and O's guys in all of college basketball ever, coming off a season two years ago where he gave the biggest green light we've seen a college guard ever have in Carson Edwards, he never gave the green light to Jaden Ivey. That's not because Matt Painter's dumb, that's because Jaden Ivey doesn't have certain things that are deserving of being given the green light. For example, his shot's not reliable. He misses very elementary reads in the half court. He has zero counters when his right hand is taken away in the half court. His only elite skill is going right in transition downhill, and he's probably the second best person in the world at doing that to John Morant. Legit. like He's as good as John Morant at that. Other than that, he has nothing. He pouts. He doesn't try defensively. It's not a he can't do it defensively. It's he won't do it defensively. His team got worse from, like, 50th overall defensively in college to, like, 120th overall in two seasons because he doesn't want to play defense. And, like, I'm not kidding to say that he pouts. When he doesn't have the ball in crunch time, he cries and he whines and he stands there. And, God forbid, like, what if you put him on Memphis – He's going to pout next to John Morant. If you put him on Detroit, he's going to pout next to Cade Cunningham. He has to go somewhere where he's the guy. And I I don't know what team wants him to be the guy other than, I guess, I mean, Houston maybe next to Jalen Green, but that's going to be messy. If Orlando was crazy and took him one, maybe that works, but that's because Orlando has nobody else. I just don't buy it. Uh, Sacramento, like, again, you see Jaden Ivey's outwardly begging Sacramento not to draft him. Maybe that should possibly be a red flag. Uh, He wants to go to Detroit. If he ends up in Detroit, I'm not going to complain because I don't think anybody else from 5 to 11 has higher upside than Jaden Ivey. But, man, Keegan Murray is going to score 17 a game in this league for 12 years. And he fits pretty fucking good. I don't know if I can swear on this. Pretty fucking good next to Sadiq Bey and Cade Cunningham and a potential DeAndre Ayton signing. Risking that for a two guard who's really moody and doesn't do anything but go right downhill is a little scary to me.
1: So uh, I would say two months ago, I I, want to say when we were here and seeing all of the numbers, the ping pong balls drop, I remember one guy, he was a white guy, you know, kind of had the name of Egg, but, you know, it started with a G, maybe it was a silent G, Uh, and he was saying about how much he hated Jaden Ivey, and he never wanted him on the Detroit Pistons. But now I'm I'm hearing this same guy talk about how much is he's okay with it. Like, hey, I, hold hold firm. Hold
0: well, firm. no, you know why we're okay with it because we have the prodigal vegan son himself, and Cade Demarcus Cunningham, <laughs> who's a king, and nothing can ruin him. If Jaden Ivey ends up stinking, we kick him to the curb. We're still good. We got, we got our core. We got I'm also, our,
2: guy. I'm, I'm, I'm talking myself into this because I think it's going to happen. Like I'm, I'm reading the tea leaves. Jaden has done a fantastic job of making sure Sacramento won't pick him. Sacramento's going to fuck this up. I don't think they're going to trade the pick. I think they're going to take someone random at four. And to Rob's question, why am I hating on a 20 year old kid so much? I'm hating on a 20 year old kid so much because people act like Jaden Ivy can improve the nine out of 10 things that he's been horrible at in college. But the actual number one pick, Jabari Smith, who's younger than Jaden Ivey, can't improve anything that he's not good at. Like, it it doesn't make sense. Uh, If you think Jaden Ivey can get better at every element of basketball he's not good at, which is everything but going right downhill, you better think Jabari Smith, the dude who's 6'11 with a seven-foot wingspan and has everything except for getting to the rim and hasn't needed to get to the rim because he's that good at everything else, he could probably do that with NBA spacing. That's that's my stance. Ant knows this. Ant's in the comments with the devil emojis right now. This is very much a 1v1. It's me versus Ant Wright. Our reputations are on the line, and uh, we won't know for eight more months. That's the beauty of the NBA draft.
1: I love it. Uh, feel free if you want to come up here and ask questions. Uh, we're we're opening it up now. I do want to ask one more question to the guys. Uh, Carter, we'll go to you first, but Jalen Williams, I love him. I think he is actually a really good fit for the Grizzlies um do you think that's possible they would have to move up obviously 14 to 18 possibly with the uh the atlanta hawks do you think there's a chance that he works in the nba or is this a lot of smoke and not too much fire
0: no i i truly do believe that Jalen williams is a guy that is going to work in the nba but the only thing is is he's done nothing but like you said rise up draft boards throughout this process um as greg knows as a betting podcast we watched many, many of Santa Clara games to see if they would cover on the East Coast here at 1130 at night. And the the dude has game for real. And I think it would work, especially for the Grizzlies, because you mentioned losing a guy like Tyus Jones. It's a guy in Jalen Williams who has great measurables. He has the size, has the wingspan, also has the ability to play point guard, I think, truly in the NBA and take some of those ball handling duties away from John Morant if you want that for the Grizzlies. So I think it'd be a great pick, but I do agree with you when your sentiment. You're going to have to move up to get him. I don't think there's any chance he falls
2: to where you're at right now.
1: Greg, your thoughts on Jalen
2: Williams? I was wondering if you were talking about Arkansas Jalen Williams. Uh, and uh, no, I was going to laugh about that. <laughs> I like no, I, I, I like the good Jalen Williams, which is the Santa Clara Jalen Williams. I personally wouldn't move up for him or anything. Um, I'm, I mean, I, th- I think he's good. Like, Sorry, I'm scarfing down Jimmy John's while I say this. I think if he's there at 22, very intriguing. I wouldn't take him over any of the four guys I mentioned earlier, but he's a high upside pick there who I think probably will be there at 22. So he should be on the Grizzlies board for sure.
1: All right. Well, that's all we have. Anybody else have any questions? Feel free to uh, reach out, guys. If y'all have any questions, um, you know, by all means, we can keep this going as long as y'all want to keep this going. Uh, but that's all I had. I think the Grizzlies have so much potential. And realistically, I have, you know, two guys that I like. Uh, y'all have, uh, I guess Carter had one of those. I like Dale and Terry at the 22. Uh, if they stay where they are, because obviously, you know, draft, it can get crazy. There's obviously smoke screens. Uh, with any of the draft, where if they're saying they're moving up, they're probably not, or vice versa. Uh, and so I like Dalen Terry at 22, 29. I would go ahead and get a, I guess a project. Um, I'm fine if you go with somebody that is a kind of project S with Dalen Terry, and you go with Wendell Moore. I don't know your thoughts on him at 29, or even Patrick Baldwin Jr. I think some high upside, um, or a safe pick. One of the other, you got. I think you go one of the other. Mm-hmm. I don't think you stay in the middle.
0: I, th- I think Wendell Moore is a very safe pick. I wouldn't necessarily consider him a project. Also, I even though it's like 29, so you're damn near almost out of the first round. I don't know. Just taking Wendell Moore in the first round just doesn't really, I don't know, do it for me. Like I think grabbing <laughs> him in the second round is okay, but not first round.
1: So the Grizzlies, they're, I guess now, uh, notoriously famous for this. They love going into the first round and getting a guy they like. Because it gives them an extra year under that rookie contract, so they are very adamant on staying at the 29 spot. Like they are not looking to move off of that at, in no way possible. Well, I say no way possible. They don't really want to move off of that. They want to if they want to give up something, they want to give up maybe the 22 and possibly uh, the first round pick for from the Golden State Warriors. I think it's in 24. And so I think they want to kind of stay in the 29 spot because they can grab somebody like a Wendell more, in my opinion, who they brought back um, and hopefully not Kennedy Chandler. Please. God, no, I love Kennedy Chandler, but we don't need another small guard. Um, all right. Real quick. Uh, Bryce McGowan's as a potential pick for the Grizzlies. That's from Rob Fitz. Anybody, uh, Fritz, sorry. Uh, anybody got anything on that?
2: Yeah, I'll take it about Bryce quickly. I'm curious what Carter thinks here too. I was really impressed with Bryce in college because I, I like I think he has a quote unquote extensive bag for a, a two guard like he he could score and hit tough shots and take tough shots and make them. The thing is like no offense to anyone who chooses to play at Nebraska, but like Bryce McGowan's could have gone anywhere and he chose to play at Nebraska and I know his brother was there. But I I just sort of question like everything about you as a person if you decide to do that. It didn't help him at all. I think the the talk of him going late lottery is a little insane to me. Uh I to me if he's there at the end of the first, love it as a high upside pick. Twenty-two, little bit of a stretch, but I like I'm Honestly curious if he goes ahead of 22, which to me would seem like a major reach based on what I've seen.
0: Yeah, I think get him at 29, just like Greg said, like the upside is there for me. I do think that he does have a bag. Um, One of the reasons he went to Nebraska is because the bag is, was full just so you know, I mean, you know, that's, that's the reason he was there and plus a little bit of family love with his brother, but I don't know. I think it'd be a good situation for him as well with the Grizzlies. Like I think for Bryce McGowan's what organization he's going to go through, go to is going to mean a lot. And I'm all for like the Grizzlies and how far they, you know, how they develop players. He's got an extensive bag, but he's also paper fucking thin and like, not just paper thin, like he's actually weak. Like, like actually he'll, he'll get manhandled in the NBA. So he's got to figure his way around that and figure out how the bag can work in that, in his favor but also, I'm glad this room was recorded because I want all the apologies when Jaden Hardy becomes watered down Bradley Beal. <laughs> just just throwing that out there. Wow. Wait,
2: wait, wait. Don't, don't change the subject real quick off uh, Bryce, though, because back to our original point that the Grizzlies need an emotional stabilizer who doesn't have a Twitter login. Bryce McGowan's favorite thing to do was to search his personal highlights and retweet clips oh, of him. Oh, man, he, he
0: would literally post all types of highlights, and, like, it'd be funny. He's like, and Bryce McGowan's puts a guy on the poster to cut the lead to 30. <laughs> like, he wow. was just doing all these plays and reposting them. I did not like that energy, but also, you know, you're in Nebraska. Like, cut him some slack.
2: if Card, if you – let's be real, though. If you pair that dude with Ja Morant – this is going south quickly. Like they, they do not need another dude who's worried about his own Twitter highlights after a twenty-point loss. They just don't need that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, also, is his shot just like just too low? Like that's what I've seen. Like I don't like his shot. Like am I just am I seeing the wrong guy?
0: I, I mean, honestly, I don't think it's that. I think like he can get away with it because he's got like the wingspan and the size. I I don't know. I didn't necessarily look at his jumper and be like, it's broken or it's whack or anything like that. But then again, I wasn't watching any Nebraska basketball unless they were playing my team. Which, speaking of that, by the way, whatever you do at 29, don't take Caleb Houston and don't you dare reach for Cormac Christie either. Just letting you know that as well. Unless you want your franchise to be shit.
1: Is that Max Christie? Cormac. Yes, that is Max.
0: Maxwell, Christie, whatever you want to call him.
1: Uh, listen, I don't know the Cormac. I don't know beh- anything behind that, the story behind that. That's why I'm, I'm just making sure. Uh, so why not Max Christie? Cause a lot of people are tying Max Christie to the Grizzlies. And you know how I like a good Michigan State Wolverine because, you know, we might just go get another uh, interview by Tom Izzo. So I'm down with that happening. Uh, I just, um, it, but it's just selfish, you know, personal reasons only.
0: Yeah. Well, let, let me, let me tell you why because. Your track record, the Grizzlies track record, is you guys are drafting dogs. You're drafting Xavier Tillman. Dog. Can't pull out. Has kids. Has mouse to feed. <laughs> plays, like, plays like he has mouse to feed. Jaron Jackson, dog. Killer. Compete. That's what he wants to do. Cormac Christie is baby Charmin shit soft as hell. He can't eat peanut butter and jellies unless the crust is cut off. He doesn't eat it. If it's rectangle, he probably sleeps in a car bed with alphabet carpet below his bedroom. He's soft. He's not going to make it. He's not cut for the NBA.
1: Wow. Wow. Um, All right. So that might be my favorite line of the night. Um, Why do you call him Cormac? Just real quick. That's his name.
2: (laughs) Now we had a. I'll answer for Carter because I know there's pain in Carter to actually utter this out loud. Carter called Max Christie Cormac. He refused to call him Max for the first three months of his college career initially because he thought Max Christie was going to be very good. So he thought it was cute to call him by his birth name Cormac, which nobody called him that. But then by January when we realized that Max Christie laid stinkers every time they played anyone who wasn't Houston Baptist it became a running joke that Carter wanted the real Cormac to show up. So Cormac stuck. It started out as a term of endearment. Now it's a term of slander. And, uh, yeah, I I don't disagree with anything Carter said. The man is very soft. And he openly is antagonizing Tom Izzo, which no player has really done ever in the last 10 years.
1: All right, I officially don't like him. Uh, I'm out. Completely out on him. Um, All right, guys, (laughs) Exactly. that's all I have. Uh, Y'all been around here for uh, long enough, so I don't want to keep you much longer. But uh, anything you want to shout out uh, to people where they can find you, follow you, uh, check out the stuff that y'all have, because obviously uh, I love you guys. So I want to make sure that people follow y'all and keep supporting you.
2: Yeah, first out, shout out to you. We love doing this shit with you, too. This is the second time we've come on the Grizz podcast, so please keep inviting us. We will always want to take you up on that. We'll have to get you on sleepers at some point, too. We are going to do a live NBA mock draft Thursday afternoon, I believe 1230 Eastern. Myself, Carter, Max Millington, and Ant Wright will be the expert panel on that. We're still looking for a few... Members to draft for specific teams. We're only doing the lottery, so Memphis is not involved. But I believe we have six open spots left that we got to fill before Thursday. So if you're listening to this and want to participate in that, please hit me up. Slide in the Twitter DMs. Uh, it should be a really fun time. And go to Sleepers Media YouTube channel to see more from us. Right now we are an Illinois podcast, though. So shout out to Daddy Brad and the Illini.
0: I do not support that last phrase and I will never refer to that man as that ever. But yeah, everything else Greg said rings true. Uh,
1: your favorite thing you're doing right now, because I have a favorite. So do you have any favorites that you're doing? Any any shows or uh, anything at all?
2: I'm going to need Card to answer that.
1: Uh, my recent favorite thing is TikTok.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I like Drunken Scouts. That's always my favorite. Oh man, the thing is, I should have did drunk scouts earlier in my. I'm a 29 year old now, and now when I do drunk scouts, I need like two days to bounce
1: back. Yeah, at minimum, it's the young man's game. Yeah, the older we get, you're 29. God, I am old. Uh, yeah. So the the older you get, the harder it is to bounce back. But um, I do understand completely. Thanks again to Greg and Carter for coming on and just kind of sharing their outlook on the Grizzlies. These guys aren't Grizzlies diehards, right? They don't know a lot about the team, except for what they see and what they know just because they're in the media and they know a little bit more in depth than most your normal fan. So I appreciate them kind of giving us the outside perspective and sharing their humor, right? They know a lot about Dylan Brooks. They know about, a lot about the Twitter beef and they're able to bring their spin on exactly what's going on And also give us some new guys, some new names that we have yet to hear. And that, honestly, they were refreshing to hear other guys that are just outside our normal bubble of names. And this is one of the first times that we've heard somebody talk about EJ Liddell. I know people are on Tari Eason, but Malachi Branham is a new name that we all know. But just to hear somebody outside looking in, seeing what a player like that would be for the Grizzlies. So... I'm curious to see what happens going forward, but I'm excited. I don't know if we're going to have another episode um, as I will be pretty much on the road back into Memphis or coming up shortly and trying to see if I can actually get back home before the draft takes off. I got to give my best bet. So we might not have a best bets episode, but stay tuned uh, because we could depending on how me and Ryan match up. Uh, but either way, we will have our best bets coming out on Grizzly, So make sure you stay tuned. But that's all we have. Go follow the dudes greg and carter uh, individually go follow all the stuff they do with sleepers media and the multiplicity media group they're doing great things over there so that's all i have so far this week for the draft it can't get here soon enough i'm excited to see what happens there's so much smoke i want to see where the fire is that's all we have let's have a great week let's keep killing it don't let this heat kill us though let's stay inside it's hot outside be nice tell your friends